The curtain has dropped on 2018, and 2019 has just begun. A look back at the lessons from the year just ended, and the principles to guide the year ahead. All on this episode of Therefore What? Therefore What? is a weekly podcast that breaks down the news while breaking down barriers, challenges you in the status quo, explores timely topics and timeless principles, and leaves you confident to face what's next. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News, and this is Therefore What? So as we wrap up the year 2018 and launch into the new year, I wanted to do some quick reflection on what we learned during 2018 and how we can use that to have a little bit better 2019. Now, in case you're worried, this is not going to be one of the traditional top 10 lists or, uh, you know, all the news of the day kinds of things. I'm going to select just a, a few issues, a few events. Uh, so often in these years in review, we, we focus on specific events, but often it's not the event that is the issue. It's the principle or the lesson that we should learn from the event that matters most. So, for example, one of the things that hit this last year was President Trump's ongoing battle with the press and the media, calling them the enemy of the people. Uh, there was one point where the press decided it was time to revolt. Uh, and so th- over 300 news organizations united to write editorials decrying the president and his behavior and his war on the mainstream media. Now, some in the news media had uh, placed themselves in the middle of the middle of the news. They were no longer reporting the news. They were the news. And this was particularly true of national media folks. Uh, but as a independent news organization, the Deseret News chose not to join with all of the others in a protest and a big uh, scathing editorial, yet we also didn't want our silence uh, to be misconstrued in any way. We didn't want to just be on the sideline. And so we chose to do something different here at the Deseret News. We chose to run the First Amendment to the Constitution in its entirety with a one-word editorial. Ditto. That was our editorial. It was a simple lesson and a principle that the First Amendment does not belong to the president, nor does the First Amendment belong to the members of the press. The First Amendment belongs to the people, and that's the important principle. So while many spent days and days analyzing this war between the president and the press and the events around it, including some members of the media who were having personal battles with the president, the important lesson for all of us is the First Amendment is a we the people issue. That's an important principle. That's an important lesson that we need to make sure we keep in mind as we roll into what will certainly be a tumultuous and challenging 2019. It was also interesting in in 2018, there were a lot of lessons in life and death. Uh, We lost some amazing souls in 2018, including folks like George H.W. Bush and his wife, Barbara. We lost Senator John McCain from Arizona, Aretha Franklin, uh, and Thomas S. Monson, president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Each one of those people could be summed up not by the events of their life, not even by the accomplishments of their life, but by the principles. Principles like decency, loyalty, respect, and service. Uh, We could spend the entire year of 2019 looking at the lives of these kind of people and the principles that drove them to do extraordinary things. We also lost one of the great principal minds of the country, Charles Krauthammer, someone who overcame adversity. Again, a lot of amazing events in his life, but more important were the principles that he talked about, the America that he knew and that he wanted all of us to see and to strive for as well. Now, in addition to the souls that we lost, uh, famous in nature, we also lost some people whose lives were really cut short. 
Uh, we had uh, North Ogden Mayor Brett Taylor was killed in Afghanistan. This was a life cut short, but it was a life that was filled with purpose. Why? Because of principles, the principles of duty, honor, service. Uh, he was a one-man band of American exceptionalism. He was also became the principal and driving force that brought a community together, that brought the country together, that really showed that America first had very little to do with trade and tariffs and had everything to do with principles like family and community and service to others. We also had tragedies in 2018. Lauren McCluskey was senselessly murdered on the University of Utah campus. There were countless lives cut short or changed forever in mass shootings, including those in Parkland, Florida, and at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The lessons from these kinds of untimely losses, uh, and many more just like them, should lead to a, a principled dialogue around compassion gun laws, tolerance, resilience, courage, the value of life itself, the need for community, and the resilience of the human spirit. It should also remind us how quickly things unravel when principles no longer drive our behavior, those shared principles that are important to neighborhoods and community and country. We also had a number of political battles in uh, 2018, not unlike uh, countless other years. Uh, but we had some that were interesting where I think as a country we sort of missed the principle because of the event. We watched the Supreme Court battle, the confirmation fight over Justice Brett Kavanaugh. We had showdowns over health care and shutdowns over border security. We had scandals across the business and political spectrum. Uh, we had a whole lot of muscle flexing ar around the world by friends and foes alike over tariffs and taxes and trade. But our politics, as it often can, really got in the way from the principles at play. So, for example, let's look at the, the Supreme Court battle. This stretched out for weeks and really divided and polarized the nation. But we lost a, an important discussion about principles. Principles of respect, abuse, consent, underage drinking. All of those things were, were lost in a hyper-political battle over a seat on the Supreme Court that was really made even more important because Congress continues to abdicate its job and authority to the executive branch and to other areas. So all the key battles of our day end up at the Supreme Court. So there's some important principles there that I think we missed. Uh, one of my favorite uh, columns run in the Deseret News this past year was by Christian Sagers uh, from our staff here at the Deseret News. And in the midst of the Kavanaugh hearings, Christian wrote a powerful commentary on what the real con job was. The real con job had very little to do with Brett Kavanaugh or his accusers. The real con job was that the American people had bought into this idea that, that sex was just a thing, to be taken off the shelf when you wanted, uh, that it had nothing to do with commitment, had nothing to do with upholding values, creating families and community, uh, but it was just one more thing rather than centered in a, a covenant and a principle that, that really mattered. We also had all kinds of challenges this year around the border and around things like immigration, asylum. A lot of those, again, became events. We had caravans rushing to the border. We had deaths at the border of, of young children. Again, what's the principle? We lost the principle that I think should drive that conversation, which is that compassion and rule of law are absolutely compatible principles. And the irony is I think most members of Congress and most members in society in America agree with that. And yet we end up having these divisive arguments uh, and long tirades and Twitter battles and social media meltdowns because we're not focused on the principles 
the principles that unite us and, and drive us as a nation. Now, there were also a lot of reasons to celebrate the principles of compromise and common sense, although those seem to be few and far between these days. Uh, Utah showed that compromise was possible uh, as it relates to using marijuana as a medicine. Uh, and despite a very divided political process, in the end, Utah came up with a compromise that provided a way for those suffering with pain and disease had real options and real solutions through doctor-prescribed, pharmacy-fulfilled marijuana-based medicines. It became a, a real opportunity to show the nation that you can do this right, that the principle of making sure that in our rush to alleviate the suffering of some, that we don't create suffering for many others, as we've seen in, in other areas of society like the opioid crisis. Uh, nationally, bipartisanship prevailed in passing, for the first time in a generation, serious criminal justice reform that brought together individuals from the left and the right and the president to do something significant to get especially nonviolent first-time offenders to make sure that we're getting the right kind of rehabilitation and getting people back into homes and neighborhoods and communities where they're needed and where they belong. We also learned in 2018 that mental health continues to be a real challenge for the nation. The in-depth team here at the Deseret News spent significant time going through deep dive research, providing great insight and resources relating to mental health and stress, anxiety, and depression. Uh, this included all kinds of reporting and public events that we held across the state of Utah, emphasizing the issue of teens and anxiety. The lessons and principles from this reporting and the community connections in included the need for parents, for students, for professionals to get comfortable having uncomfortable conversations about their mental health, about the need for more accessible resources and more awareness uh, of the needs of those around us, including our neighbors and friends. And this is going to be an ongoing thing as we look to 2019 here at the Deseret News, that we continue to have this conversation, that we have authentic conversations and help those who are struggling with a lot of these diseases of despair, uh, and to show them that there is hope, that there's help, that there's a way up, and that there is definitely a, a way out. So as we look to the new year, it is going to be a year that will contain many lessons based on a host of different principles that we can apply. And everyone needs to engage. We all need to engage in this process. And there are a lot of questions to be answered. We're going to start in January of 2019 with a very important question here at the Deseret News that we hope you will join the conversation and follow along as we engage in a discussion about this question. Will integrity and trust be on trial in 2019? You see, these two principles may well shape the lessons that will be learned, relearned, or possibly just ignored in what is certainly going to be a monumental year to come. You see, in the end, a society is only as strong as the shared principles it possesses. Now, this doesn't mean and doesn't suggest there will be 100% agreement on issues, on trends, or even solutions to problems. It simply means that solving the challenges of the day requires principled dialogue and civil debate. The lessons of history, even 2018-style history, provide more than enough learning to better shape our conversations for a better, more prosperous, and, and more productive 2019. And we hope you will join us in that journey, because there are lessons to be learned in the year ahead. There are principles that need to be applied, 
And one of those principles to me is how we look at this new year. Uh, it's so easy when we get to the beginning of a new year. Uh, hope springs the eternal. Uh, you have your big list of uh, new goals that you're going to go after. You have this renewed sense of optimism. I don't know what it is. There's something magical, I think, about the fresh start of a brand new blank calendar. <laughs> I think this is how office supply stores stay in business. Uh, there is just something refreshing and renewing about a new calendar, and it fosters this New Year's resolution, this drive, this inner desire. I think we all have to be better, to become more, to achieve more, to do more. Uh, and so really it it comes down to what I think is the, the ultimate question to ask at a, at a new year that I think we often do, and that is the question of what if? What if holds so many possibilities? What if this is the year? Uh, if you're a Chicago Cubs fan <laughs> like I am, it's always, you know, what if this is the year? What if this is it? And it may only happen once every 150 years, but it, but it can happen. <laughs> Uh, to quote somebody famous, you know, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> what if? What if we got it together this year? Uh, and so I want to share with you a, a list of what if questions uh, and then look at how we actually attack these things and, and get rolling. So here's here's my list of possible what ifs for you to be thinking about as you begin the year 2019. Because I believe that if if what if were a currency, a currency with transformational potential and true possibility. This is this is what I would spend it on. So what if 2019 is the year I actually keep my resolutions beyond January 21st? <laughs> because I think that's the average. <laughs> the average life expectancy of a New Year's resolutions is 21 days. Uh, and, and I rarely make it all the way to 21. <laughs> I'm the only person who can do a, you know, 90 day diet in six days <laughs> and be back to eating my donuts and uh, other things that I shouldn't have. But what if, what if I spent less time deciding and more time doing at work, at home, in my relationships? What if I acted on the inspiration and impulses to reach out to those around me? What if I spoke less and listened more? What if I was less certain in my opinions and more open to the ideas of others? What if I stopped comparing the status of my life to the social media status of everyone else? What if I read more and watched less? What if I was less consumed with self and more driven by making a difference for those around me? What if I stopped reading and regurgitating someone else's talking points when it came to political discussions? What if I focused on being a role model instead of a critic, giving more praise, what if I gave my spouse, my children, my family, friends, colleagues, and community members the benefit of the doubt as opposed to giving them my version of judgment? What if I spent my time on the priorities I claim are the most important in my life? That's a tough one. What if I was just more grateful for everything I have? What if I kept my commitments? What if I decided to slow down more often and determined to purposefully disconnect from technology for at least one hour a day, one day a week, and one week a year. Pretty simple. What if? What if What if Congress did its job for change and actually passed a budget so that we wouldn't have to worry about threats of government shutdowns or fiscal cliffs or all the other manufactured crises that come out of Washington, D.C.? What if we rejected the politics of personal destruction and focused on principles and policies instead? What if members of Congress were less worried about re-election and more concerned with doing what's right for the American people? What if the American people realize that community and culture lead and the politicians just follow? 
What if we recognize that the solution to any problem begins when someone says, let's talk about it? What if we all understood that solutions to problems don't emanate from Washington, but are found in our homes, in our neighborhoods and communities? What if everyone engaged in elevated dialogue instead of partisan rhetoric? What if citizens rejected the false choices regularly served up by our politicians? What if we all expected more, not less, from our leaders? What if we expected more from ourselves? Now, this may seem like an impossibly unrealistic list, but what if we tried anyway? What if? Therefore, what? A new year offers each of us a a new challenge and a host of new opportunities. What we choose to do and how we choose to pursue those challenges and opportunities will determine the success of our days, our weeks, months, years, careers, and personal legacies. For many, the anticipation of what might be swiftly falls in the face of procrastination or even just pleasant distractions, which again is why most New Year's resolutions don't last 21 days. But what if? What if we did it different? Uh, John Whittier wrote, For of all sad words of tongue and pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. There's nothing more haunting than one of those what-might-have-been moments. Truly the echo of what-if. A what-if unfulfilled rings long and loud. And whether that what-if is for an individual, whether that what-if is an organization, a community, or a nation, unfulfilled potential is a waste of the world's most prized natural resource. It drives me crazy how often we waste time, talent, opportunity, because we're not really ready to really explore and drive our what if. So the challenge is to be in a state of action, focused action, while always remembering that some sort of guilt-producing perfection is not required and it is not even the goal. So you can let go of that. But what if trying and engaging and doing things different really is what matters? and what will lead us to the best results. So here's the therefore what. It's a simple test. to test for each of us, individually, for all of us collectively, is to take our what if and make it a what is in 2019. Remember, after the story is told, after the principle is presented, after the discussion and debate have been had, the question for all of us is, therefore what? Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening today, and be sure to rate this episode and leave us a review. Follow us on DeseretNews.com slash TW and subscribe to our newsletter. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News. Thanks for engaging with us on Therefore What?